we're singing that we love you, that this is all for you, that it's all about God. It's not that we're singing and God can come and be here. It's that God is here and we're singing because he's here. And this morning I feel, I'm sensing that there needs to be a declaration of freedom over you in your worship. As I'm standing here this morning, I was thinking about, if you were here last week, Josh shared that there's a gentleman in our church that he's taller than I am. It's funny because when I like gauge people, I'm like, well, they're either shorter or taller than me. (laughs) So anyway, he's taller than I am by a good bit. And he is a, not a small, a slight framed person. He is, he is a substantial man. We'll just say it that way. And Josh was sharing that he always felt self-conscious about raising his hands in worship because he's a tall guy and he would be a distraction to everybody behind him. And when he said that, I so related with that. I was like, I didn't know that other people would feel that way, but I feel that way because I don't know if you guys know this, but just like a super cool trivia fact, your wingspan this way is as tall as you are that way. So you can impress your coworkers on Monday with that. So anyway... Um, I was always super self-conscious to raise my hands because my head's already in their way. So if I raise my hands, there's a whole lot more of me in their way is what I always thought. And what I was thinking this morning is that there are people who feel like you're a distraction if you share your heart with God in a organic and authentic way. And I want to declare in this room that you're not big enough to be a distraction from God. So I just want to say to you right now, I don't care if you're five foot nothing or if you are seven foot everything. You are not big enough to be a distraction from what God is doing. Everybody else is not painted. Everybody's not looking at you. Right? I mean, really think about that. Like if you think I don't want to do that because I'm going to be a distraction. Honestly, what that is, is that is a tactic of the enemy to get you to think that the focus is on you when actually the focus in the room is on God. And if you stand holding on to your chair in front of you, you are not a distraction. If you stand with your arms like this, as big and as wide as you can get them, if you like to jump around, if you want to run around, if you want to get on your knees, if you want to come up here, if you want to lay out, whatever you want to do, you are not big enough to be a distraction from what God is doing in the room. So right now, I want to invite you to just do something that is bigger than you. And if that is holding onto the chair in front of you, honest to Pete, like I have to stand with my legs against the chair because I close my eyes and I don't know about y'all, but I can't balance when my eyes are closed. So I stand or I will hold on to something because I'm like, I'm gonna fall down if I don't. So whatever that is for you, I'm not telling you that you, if you raise your hand, you're not any more holy than the person who is standing next to you with your hands down. So let's not get it twisted. But if for you, it is a major thing to hold onto that chair in front of you, yes. If it's a major thing to put your hand on your heart, I want to invite you into this moment right now 
to break off the lie that you are a distraction from what God is doing. And for you, if that is a declaration of I am everything and I am not a distraction and I am all out, I'm all here and I'm going to make myself lift my hands up, it's super uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it anyway, then you do that right now. If it's putting your hands on your heart, just move into that moment right now. And Father, we say that we love you. We cannot get enough of you. All of this is for you. And when we say all of this is for you, all of this, everything that I am, my whole spirit, my whole soul, my whole body, my arms, my hands, my mind, my will, my emotions, all of this is for you. And I'm not holding anything back because I can't get enough of you in every area of my life. I want you in it. So I'm opening my heart. I'm opening my mind. I'm opening my emotions. I'm opening my body healing spirit come in right now healing spirit of God healing the mind healing the emotions healing heartbreak healing despair healing depression healing abandonment healing hopelessness in Jesus name all of this is for you when you worship you're giving him the whole temple we are the temple of God so what you're saying is every door is open every room is open every space is open because no matter how messy no matter how cluttered no matter how jacked up it looks in our eyes we want you in the middle of it God and we're not gonna hold it back we're opening up every room to you God So right now, take a deep breath in and invite God into every space, every cell of your body, every thought of your being, every emotion, the the moments, I'm here like the moments from the past, those places that are so broken and so hurt that it hurts you to go there, invite the spirit of God into that right now. All of this is for you, past, present, and future. All of this is for you. All of this is for you. my right right here on a right elbow if you have an injury I don't know if there was a cast or if there was a pin in it but that right there if that is you just cross your arms right now and put your finger on that right there and as you put your finger on it there's the healing power of God flowing into your elbow right now and um, stability and restored uh, strength where there was no strength in your arm right now as you put your finger on it healing, healing, healing of God come in there right now who is receiving that right now? raise your hand yeah, yeah if a person, and back there if a person has their hand raised there's there and there's there anybody, anybody back there? If a person has their hand raised right now and you're around them, just stretch your hand toward them, agreeing, healing, healing, healing right now. Thank you, Father. Uh, Abandonment from your parents when you were little. I don't know if you were adopted or if your parent left and then just didn't come back. And then you were placed with another family. But healing from that abandonment right now. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. That's so precious between you and God. And God says that he never left you. Yeah. So if you were praying over your elbow right now and you 
know that God just did a work in your elbow. Raise your hand up real high. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I think that we can, you know, give God a lot of love this morning because he's doing really cool stuff already, you know? So can we just tell him that we love him? Just give him a praise and just tell him that we love him. Yeah. He's so good. He's so good. And can we let our worship team know how much we love them? Yeah, they're so good. So good. And I see that our worship team has come back. Our worship team was also ministering to our Gen Now kids. Yes. How was it? It was great. It was great. If you are interested in being a part of our worship team, if you're like, I don't want to stand in front of everybody, but maybe you want to minister to the kids and help worship with the kids, come and speak to somebody on our worship team after service. But now you can turn to somebody and say, you are awesome. You are awesome. (laughs) Thank you. You are awesome, James. You are awesome, Mark. (laughs) Yes. Well, welcome to Cowboy Church. And welcome to all of our online community watching us through whatever social media platform you are watching us. As you're watching us, be sure, and we love it when you tag in and tell us where you're tuning in from. We have the honor of getting to be in homes all across the United States on Sunday mornings and throughout the week. And we really appreciate you guys. We love you, and we know that you are no less family than everybody sitting in here. So thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, Before we get started, Darren asked me to share with you where he has been so that there would be no rumors of him running away. So (laughs) this morning and last weekend, uh, we have had the amazing opportunity to partner with a church in Merced, California. It is Kingdom Ranch Ministries, and they are a church of people that are, they they are our kind of people, and we are their kind of people. We just mesh together so well. Their culture and our culture are so similar. Um, The person who was their pastor has transitioned into another season, and they called, and we were visiting with them, and they did not have a pastor And so they said, do you know anyone who can come? And Darren said, I will be there. And isn't that like our pastor to say, whatever I can do to serve you, that's what I shall do. So he hopped on a plane last Saturday and headed out to Merced and had a beautiful time with the people there. And then uh, met with their board on Monday morning to see how we can serve them, how we can, as an N3C family, how can we serve this family of people in Merced, California that are part of the body of Christ And after the board meeting, what has been decided is that their church and our church are going to link together and they are going to be joining us via satellite, (laughs) via technology that is far beyond my understanding. So they're going to be joining us by satellite 
And every Sunday, they will be broadcasting our service into their church. So our family is expanding. We are growing. We are making more room at the table. The table is big enough for all of us. And so next couple of weeks, I'm going to be traveling out there to get to be with them. And then from there, the plan is that we will continue to visit them and go out there once a month. But we wanted to make a connection with them and let them know that they are important to us and that we welcome them as part of our family. And so if you would, please be praying for the family of Kingdom Ranch Ministries Uh, We went out there a few years ago, I don't remember, a few years ago, and they asked our kids to come out and minister to their kids, and they had a meeting, and kids got filled with the Holy Spirit. It was wonderful. It was beautiful, and Darren ministered on Sunday morning, so we have a connection with them, and we just love the family there at Kingdom Ranch, so we welcome you guys to uh, our N3C broadcast. You are part of the family, and we are honored to welcome you. Can we let them know? Yeah. So God's doing cool stuff, you guys. We just are getting to be along for the ride. It's so fun. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, this morning, I wanted to talk to you guys. How many of you are glad that, okay, I'm just, I'm, and this is no diss on anyone, but I am so thankful to live where I live. I love living here. And anytime we visit somewhere else, I think, I am so thankful that God planted us here. When God called us to start a church, this is where he called us. And he didn't call us to, I'm not going to name any names of states. (laughs) But if you are, you know who you are, okay? So... One of the things that I enjoy about living here is we get to experience all of the seasons. And something that I have noticed that I am not a fan of, I am originally from West Texas. And the wind blows like nobody's business in West Texas. Like I remember walking from class and college and getting literally sandblasted. Has anybody experienced a West Texas sandstorm? It is something to behold. Really it is. But that you don't ever want to experience again. So um, a few months ago, I took our golden retriever and our uh, healer on a run because they get energy. And it's what I used to do with my kids. Like if my kids got, woo, you know, then I would take them, turn them on and let them run. So <laughs> I do that with my dogs because they get, woo. So they need it to get the energy out. So I took them, they just were like, you know, wound tight. You know what I'm talking about. So, (laughs) so I took them to go for a run and I really wasn't paying attention as I was going. Uh, but then when we got to the spot where I was going to take them for a run, we were running, we were going to head West and the wind was blowing a ridiculous amount. But I had already loaded the dogs up. We were already, I had drove somewhere to take them to a new environment for, you know, their little mental stimulation and stuff. And so I got out and we took off running and I felt like I was running in slow motion with the dogs because the wind was blowing so hard that running against that wind was ridiculous. Barley, her red healer ears are like this and they were tilted back. This way, Maisie, the golden, her ears were doing like this, you know, but both of them, they didn't even care. They were just running and having a good time. 
Barley is more the sensible one, the red healer. She's like, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? You know? So Maisie is just along for anything that we're going to do. Yay! You know, she's just in it. So anyway, running out, I was thinking, this is so hard. And it was pushing the whole time. And it was not enjoyable. I did not like it. I didn't go as far as I had planned on going because I felt like the amount of pressure that's being put against me right now, I'm pretty sure that it's the equivalent of running five miles, even though I had gone less than a mile. So I turned around and was headed back to the car. And when I turned and started running with the wind, I felt like literally, I think I looked like a gazelle. I'm pretty sure if anybody saw me, because I was, I was like, I feel like I'm flying. And I was, because <laughs> I was like, the wind is carrying me. And it was just fun running with the wind. But unfortunately, to run with the wind, I had to run against the wind to get to run with the wind. But it was not fun. Every one of us has experienced wind, right? Okay, ladies. Ladies, men, you just kind of don't listen for just a minute. I don't know. It is a peeve of mine when you put on lip gloss and the wind blows and your hair gets in your lip gloss. Can I get an amen on that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, men, come back. So, everybody in here has experienced wind, right? So, I want to go over to Matthew. I'm going to start in uh, chapter 14. I'm going to read out of verse 24. And this is out of the New King. I'm just going straight New King James. I'm going old school this morning. I usually read out of the Passion Translation. And I just thought, well, we'll just keep it simple today. All right. So Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 24. Jesus has just got done ministering to a whole crowd of people. And he has sent the crowd of people away. And he has put his disciples in a boat and told them to go. Because he wanted to take some time to spend some time alone and to be quiet. So after he spent some quiet time and some alone time. During that time, a storm has risen up on the water that he sent the disciples out on. And this is what it says in verse 24. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. How many, like when it gets stuck on your lip gloss, the wind is contrary. Okay, verse 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Now, at this point, the disciples are in the middle of the storm. Mind you that these disciples, many of them were fishermen. So they're not, they're not unfamiliar with the wind and the storms on the sea. But at this point, what the Bible tells us is that they were freaking out. Look at your neighbor and say, freaking out. They were losing their marbles about this storm. And so Jesus comes to them and we'll pick up again in verse 27. Jesus comes to them walking on the water, and he says in verse 27, But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. What? Okay, can we just just pause here for just a moment? Because they're scared in the boat. This right here, when Peter says, If it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. Because I'm not freaking out enough in the boat. I want to step out on water and walk on water. Not like we've ever read of that ever happening before. This is never, I've never seen any of my fishing buddies do this for, you know, a little fishing trick or nothing like that. Peter says, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. 
That makes no sense. So he goes on in verse 29. He says, so he, Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, Truly, you are the son of God. I just want to back up here to this moment where Peter asks Jesus, if it's you, because they were saying, oh, it's a ghost. And so Peter says, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. There's a whole other thing that we could go off on in this, but this is what I want to focus on is that Peter's request to Jesus is ridiculous. It's preposterous. It makes no sense at all for him to be in a place where he was scared already and afraid and to ask Jesus to do something that would seemingly be impossible. No, let me, let me back up. He wasn't asking Jesus to do something that would be impossible because Jesus was doing it. He was asking Jesus, hey, tell me to do that. And if Jesus told him to do it, he was going to do what was impossible. No sense whatsoever in that situation. Jesus says to him, come. What this was in this moment was an invitation for Peter to experience what was beyond human limitation, beyond human reasoning, beyond all intellect, beyond capability, logic. It was an invitation for Peter to step into his created intention. To step beyond limitation and into created intention. However, it made no sense for him to do that. For him to ask that. But this was an opportunity. And Peter accepts the invitation and throws one leg over the boat, then the other. And I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna be real. If I was in the boat and Peter had said that, I was like, dude. When he threw the first leg over, I'm like, you crazy. Then when he throws the second leg over, I'm gonna be like, bye. <laughs> it's been nice knowing you, you know. And I don't know. We don't know what the conversation was among all of the other disciples as Jesus, as Peter is flipping his legs over the side of the boat to get out and walk on water, right? What was the conversation that was going on then? But Peter accepts the invitation. But then the scripture tells us that when he began to see the wind, that he became afraid and he stepped out of his created intention and stepped back into his limitation. The created intention I would like to propose to you that this moment that Peter experienced is an invitation for all of us. I'm not saying that you should go home and try and walk on water, but what I'm saying is that this moment, what was being demonstrated for us is an invitation for you and I to do as Peter did to step 
into our created intention. So what is our created intention? Let's go over to Genesis. This wasn't a moment. It was a moment that we read about in scripture, but in God's eyes, this wasn't a moment. This was an invitation into a lifestyle. This moment that Peter stepped out of the boat into created intention was an opportunity and a demonstration that is given to all of us to see what is available to us in our created intention lifestyle. So look at your neighbor and say, you have created intent. In Genesis chapter one, I'm actually only going to read one verse. I think I listed out three or four here, but I'm just going to read verse 20, Genesis one twenty six. This is after... Uh, well, we're into creation. Genesis one twenty six. it says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. When you and I were created, when man was created, He was created by God in God's image and in his likeness. That means that when we were created, we were created in more oneness and likeness with God than we were difference. When God created man, he created him in his image and in his likeness, but it didn't stop at just that. The image and the likeness, when you look those words up in the Hebrew, what it means is a shadow, it is a physical likeness, but it also goes into thought and intent because then he goes on and he says that they would have dominion and he lists out the different levels that we would have dominion in every level. So it wasn't just that we were created in the oneness and likeness of God in the way that we look. We were created in oneness and likeness of God in the way that we're to think and to see things and to process. And that is why the devil hates you. Because the first conversation that is recorded in scripture that the devil has with a human being is the conversation between the serpent and woman. If you go on into Genesis chapter three, the conversation between the serpent and the woman, the serpent comes to the woman in the garden. And what is the first thing that he challenges her with? Her likeness. He says, has God really said to not eat of the tree? Did he really say that? And where does he root it at? At her likeness. He says, because God knows that in the day that you eat of it, you will be like him and your eyes will be open, knowing good from evil. And we could go a hundred places with that. But what he comes at her with is he comes at her with her likeness. He cannot stand your likeness. He hates it. Why? Because your likeness reminds him of the authority and dominion that you have, that God gave every time he looks at you. He hates you. Make no mistake about it. So he comes at her likeness, the likeness that she was created in. It was the intention of our creator that we are more like him than more not. That is our created intent. If you go on down into Genesis chapter three, 
what we read is that when the serpent comes to the woman and deceives her and tells her to eat of this fruit that they've been told not to eat of, that when they eat of the fruit, here's what happens in Genesis chapter three and verse eight. It says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. See, it was God coming to his creation. It was God coming to Adam and the woman. And it was Adam and the woman that put separation between them and God. It was not God that put separation and distance between himself and man. It was man that did that. So this right here. Well, okay. In this, in this scripture right here, the phrase in the cool is actually one Hebrew word. And that Hebrew word is ruach. If you're a good Jewish person, you get a good hack in there when you say that. Ruach. It's R-A-U-C-H. And that is a Hebrew word. And that Hebrew word, ruach, is breath, wind, and spirit. So the scripture actually reads right there is that God walked in the ruach. He came to them in the breath, wind, and spirit to come to be with his creation. So when we read this, what we read is that in this moment... When God came to be with his creation in the Ruach, this is where creation started running against the wind. This hiding, this separation that they put between them and the God that came to walk with them in the cool of the day, that came to walk with them in the wind, in the breath, in the spirit, This is where mankind started running against the wind. The Hebrew word, ruach, in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. Then when you go into the New Testament, the New Testament is written in Greek. So the Old Testament word for wind, breath, and spirit is ruach. In the New Testament, the same word in the Greek is pneumia. And I'm totally butchering that because I'm not a Greek nor Hebrew scholar. I just have super cool computer programs. So So it's pneumia. And the way that that is spelled, just for those of you who like those things, is P-N-E-U-M-A. P-N-E-U-M-A. Pneumia. That word is the identical word to the Old Testament Hebrew word, ruach. It is in the New Testament in the Greek, pneumia. That word, one example that we can see of that word, God's breath, God's wind, and God's spirit is in the book of Acts in chapter 2, where we read of the day of Pentecost. This is what it says to us. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, the pneumia, the breath, wind, and Spirit gave them utterance. 
This is the breath, the wind, and the spirit of God. This is where mankind started running with the wind. When people ask, what does it mean to walk in the spirit? This is an example of what it means to walk in the spirit. It is the breath of God. It is the wind of God. And it is the spirit of God. It is the breath of God in us. The wind of God around us. And the spirit of God through us. That is running with the wind. When you're running against the wind, life is hard. There is so much energy and so much effort and strength and energy given to just trying to advance because the wind is blowing in a direction that you're fighting against. However, when we turn, the word in the scripture for turning and going the direction of God is repentance. When we simply repent and turn and go the direction of God, there is an ease, there is a flow, there is a power that comes into your stride and into your life as a lifestyle, not just a single moment, but a day-to-day living, a way of living that you are now running with the wind, walking in the spirit. The ruach, the numia, in us, around us, and through us as a lifestyle. This is what God desires. So, when Jesus was in the storm, we go back to the instance. Jesus is walking on the water to the disciples. And the storm is happening. The waves are crashing. The water is everywhere. Jesus is walking on the water to the disciples. And the storm is happening and the wind is blowing. But the wind of the storm never changed what was in Jesus, what was around Jesus, and what was through Jesus. The wind of the storm around him never changed his focus never changed his intent, never changed his stride. The storm around him never came in him. He walked in the middle of it because the ruach of God was through him, in him, and around him. Peter, on the other hand, (laughs) you know, I'm just going to say, I think Peter gets a bad rap. I really do. I think we kind of pick on Peter. I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like Peter was pretty cool for being willing to say, hey, call me to you. I'm sure all the other disciples were like, oh, brother. This Peter, jeez, he's a pain in the rear end, don't you think? But hey, he was, they're probably like, when he did it, we're like, well, maybe, maybe he's not such a pain in the rear end. Peter saw the wind of the storm. And when Peter saw the wind of the storm, his focus changed from Jesus because the scripture says that when he saw the wind, his focus changed from seeing Jesus walking on water and he began to focus on the wind of the storm. And when he did that, the storm that was around him 
begin to come in him. And when he cried out, it came through him. Because Jesus responds to him. And, and, you know, it doesn't say that Jesus stood there for a long period of time and was like, well, let's just see what happens, (laughs) you know. I mean, he cried out, and it says immediately that Jesus reached out to him, and his response to him was not, you suck at walking on water. (laughs) That was not his response. And I think, you know, we can look at it, and, and we can look at it as Jesus really scolding him, but really when we look and understand the heart of God, is that really the way that God speaks to us? No. I think that Jesus looked at him and he was like, ha, that was a hoot while it lasted, right? Come on, let me help you up. Your faith, we're going to grow it. We're going to work on it. But I think that it's important. This is just a little side note. I think that it is important to note that later on after Jesus is crucified and resurrected, that it is Peter who followed and was then a continuer of Jesus's ministry And when Jesus, sitting in heaven, witnessed Peter's crucifixion on earth, Peter was the one who said, I am not worthy to be crucified in the manner of my Savior. And Peter said, crucify me upside down. And I wonder, as Peter was on his crucifixion stake, hanging upside down if he was remembering (laughs) walking on water with his savior oh death where is your sting that's that's totally another uh thing but peter saw the wind and the wind of the storm around him came in him and through him see the enemy's tactic is to pull our focus to the wind of the storms. Every one of us are either in a storm, we're headed for a storm, or we've been in a storm. We're going to experience storms in this life. Jesus said to us, in this lifetime, you will have trouble. But here's the thing, is we're all going to experience storms. And this is what I would like to propose to you this morning. This is just a question to ponder. Is it possible that the storms that you and I encounter, the wind of storms that we encounter, are a tactic of the enemy the same way that the enemy came to the woman to challenge her likeness in the garden, that the wind of storms that you and I experience in our lifetime are the same tactic of the enemy to distract our focus from our likeness and our oneness with God. That really and truly when you think about it, that any wind that we encounter of a storm, that it's really not about the storm and it's not about the trouble that you're going through. It's not about the struggle. It's not about the heartache. It's not about the diagnosis. It's not about the bank account. It's not about the abandonment. It's not about your past. It's not about all the accusation. It's very simply a tactic of the enemy to keep you distracted, to live below your created intent in human limitation. I think about, and I I want you to think about this. 
the more you come into understanding your gift, the ruach in you, around you, and through you, the more the enemy hates you. And he can't stand your gift. And the very thing that you are called to do is the very thing that the wind of storms will blow against you the hardest. And it's not here to take you out of life. It's here to shut down your gift. So if you go quiet, the wind of storms wins. And that's all it is. That's the whole intent of trials and struggles that we go through in this life is to simply shut down your created intent and to get you to live below your intent in whatever limitation that this world wants to put on you. When I think about things that way, when I think about struggles, when I think about... uh, hard, difficult situations that I go through, I have to say that it takes a little bit, if not a lot, of the sting out of it. Because I think this is no thing. This is no thing. Because this is not going to shut me down. This is not going to get me to sit on the sidelines. This is not going to get me to climb back in the boat and shut my mouth and stop talking about Jesus. I won't do it. What if that is the whole purpose of the trials that we go through? The things that the enemy sends our way to try and get us to stop, very simply, rather than walking with and running with the wind of God in us, around us, and through us. What if that's the point? So the storms that are around us, we'll all go through them. I'm not making a negative confession over you this morning. I'm just telling you the truth. The storms that are around us and the wind that blows in those storms, we can run with the wind of God if we will check our focus. Just very, very simply, check your focus. Where where are you putting your thoughts, where are you putting your energy, where are you putting your plans for the future? Are you aligning your plans for the future and your thoughts and your energy with the wind of storms or with the wind of God? Because it's super easy to get our eyes on that wind that's blowing because of a storm, because that storm is loud. So check your focus. What wind are you listening to? And then simply Number two is to remember your likeness. See, I think it's just an interesting little thing I was looking. When Jesus commanded Peter to walk on the water, the human body in percentage wise is actually more water than not. So just on a scientific, just scientifically speaking, Jesus was commanding Peter to walk on water that he was more like percentage-wise than he was not. On average, the human body, from what I looked at, is 
um, different, different parts or different uh, percentages, but on average, the entirety of the human body is 60% water. So we're actually over half more like the water that Peter was walking on than not. But yet Jesus commands Peter to walk on the water, reminding Peter, is it possible that Jesus reminding him, you're more like and one with me than you are the storm? And he was giving him an invitation to experience walking with the wind of God. I think another just little interesting thing is back in Genesis chapter one, where it's talking about the earth and, and creation before everything was created. It says that the spirit of God hovered over the deep, over the water. And when it says that the spirit of God is talking, the word is in the Hebrew, the pneumia. So it says the breath and the wind and the spirit of God hovered over the water and over the deep. Isn't God cool? that he would give Peter then thousands of years later the invitation to be restored back to where things were to walk on the water that he rested over before all of creation came into being and was corrupted. I just think God's cool that way. He says, come and, come and walk in my wind, in my breath, in my spirit. And when Peter stepped out onto the water, that's exactly what he did. He was running with the wind. So I want to ask you today, what wind are you hearing? Just settle into your situation, settle into your moment right now. And I want you to think about what wind are you hearing? Are you listening to and being directed by the wind of storms in your life? Or... Are you listening and being directed by the wind of the Holy Spirit in your life? Because they are not blowing in the same direction. And one of the ways that you will know which wind you're listening to is because if you are listening to the wind of the storms, you are producing storms on the inside of you and you are producing storms through you. When you listen to the wind of storms, you will find that that wind of storms is in constant turmoil. It's constantly creating chaos. It's creating confusion. And it's creating fear and doubt. So if you are listening to the fear and the doubt and the confusion and that wind is coming in you, what's happening is on the inside of you, you begin to feel the turmoil, the confusion, the doubt, and the fear. That's an indicator that you're listening to a wind other than the Spirit of God. So we just simply change our focus. How do, how do I not do that? Change your focus. The minute, I'm telling you, the minute that you recognize the greatest storm that you will ever face in your life takes place right here. This is where the war is waged. This is where the battle is right here between these ears. And right here is where the fear and the doubt and the confusion takes place. So if those are the thoughts that are taking place in any area of your life, very simply, all we have to do, number one is recognize it. 
That's the beginning right there is just recognizing it, recognizing this confusion, this depression, this what I'm feeling right now is not God. God is not the author of the storms. God is the author of the Holy Spirit. So those thoughts that we have, I will tell you for me personally, I cannot afford to think on those thoughts for a split second. The minute that I recognize that's fear, that's confusion, that's worry, that's anxiety. I cannot let my mind meditate and go down that train for 30 seconds. If I do, it may take me two days to get back because I'm fighting it then. And man, it will keep, it will, it it will wake you up in the middle of the night. It's the first thing that you think of when you wake up in the morning, the chest is tight. You can't get a breath. You feel like somebody's sitting on your chest. That is the wind of storms. And when we recognize the thing is to get into that space where you recognize that the minute that it pops up, the second that it pops up, ah, cut that off. And cut it off by speaking out loud. Either your scripture that you have, begin to worship, begin to praise God, begin to pray, begin to pray in the spirit, pray in the language of the Holy Spirit. That is why that is one of the greatest tools that we have is praying in the spirit. Because when those thoughts come, they're coming here, but we are created more in likeness and one with God than we are not. So the Holy Spirit here, when we begin to pray in the spirit, pray in the Holy Spirit, the language that the Holy Spirit gives to us, it shuts down and overrides everything here. The more battle you face here, the more you need the Holy Spirit here. Everybody, everybody who has asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of their life, you have the Holy Spirit on you right here. Everybody does. But a lot of times people carry around a toolbox and they never open up the toolbox to to take care of nothing. That's what the Holy Spirit is in here. So you open up and allow the Holy Spirit to fill you to overflowing. And when those storms start raging right here, man, you just start praying in the spirit. Woo! Peace, be still. I don't need to know the answer. I don't need to know when my husband's healing is coming. I don't need to know what is going to happen with all of my future. I don't need to know how everything's going to work out. I don't need to know how everything's going to be provided for. I pray in the spirit. God knows, so I'm just aligning with him. I am putting myself running with the wind. That's all I got to do. We were created to run with the wind of God. So what wind are you hearing? Hearing the wind of God comes to fill your life with peace and lead you in a lifestyle of walking on water with God. It takes you out of human limitation and places you in your created intention. It's that easy. It's just that simple. So I want to ask you this morning. Let's just take a minute. Close your eyes. Because that way you're not looking at anybody else and how cute their uh, hair is. Or, hey, I wonder if she's single. 
We're just focusing in on God right now. That's why I ask you to close your eyes. And I want you just to be in your space with God right now. Rhett, can you go ahead and come up? And as you're in this space with God, just you and God, ask him, you ask him, Father, what wind am I listening to? And maybe there's areas of your life where you are so tuned in to listening to the Ruach of God, the Holy Spirit, the breath and the wind of God. And man, you are, you are running with the wind and you are the gazelle running with the wind. But then maybe there's another area of your life that it is a challenge. It's a struggle. So right now, whatever that area is, just you and God sitting there, ask him, Lord, shift my focus. Right now, I give you my mind. Your word tells me that I have been given the mind of Christ. And right now, I submit my mind to the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I have been given the mind of Christ. I think like God. I meditate like God. I foresee the future like God. I hear like God. I see like God. I move like God. And as we're sitting here and we're thinking and everybody has their eyes closed because it's just you and God in this room. If you have never made the intentional decision to follow Jesus, when Jesus gives the invitation, come and follow me. And you don't know that you have personally said, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. I'm going to tell you this. There are no grandchildren in the body of Christ. It's not about your mom and dad's relationship with God. It's not about your spouse's relationship with God. It's not about your Sunday school's relationship with God. It's your relationship with God. And it has to be one-on-one. And it has to be your yes. So if you've never given that yes, declared that yes in your life, This is your opportunity to do it right now. I give this gift to you to say yes to Jesus. And when you do that, it simply means that you stop running against the wind. You turn and you start running with the wind of God. The Holy Spirit comes in you. You open your heart. You say, yes, Jesus. Be my Lord, I want to follow you. And when you say that, the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead comes to live on the inside of you. I know it sounds impossible. It's a lifestyle. It's an invitation of living beyond limitation and living in your created intent. Now, every person in this room that has done that has that spirit, that ruach of God on the inside of them, the wind of God in you, the wind of God around you, the breath of God in you and the spirit of God through you. Now, this is your opportunity with your eyes closed, just you and God. Say wind of God, spirit of God, fill me up. 
that when the storm is blowing and the wind is coming at me, that I have a weapon to stand against that wind and I can run with the wind of God. It is the Holy Spirit in you. And the more this life blows, the more you need the wind of the Holy Spirit around you and in you and through you. That breath of God through you is your personal prayer language. It's the Holy Spirit of God praying his perfect will through you. The Spirit of God always, always prays in 100% agreement with God's intention for your life, with God's intended design, with his purpose, with his destiny, with his goodness, with his plan for you in mind. So if you have that on the inside of you and you've already done that, I ask you now to begin to pray that out loud. Holy Spirit through you. If you've never done that before and you desire that, listen right now. Listen to the wind of God around you. Every one of you who has that, I'm asking you to speak that. Whisper it. Give your voice, give your mouth right now to filling this auditorium with the wind of God. And those of you who have never heard that sweet, beautiful sound before, let your ears hear what the wind of God sounds like around you. And if you desire that, remember, it's just you and God right now. If you desire that, I invite you to put your hands right here on your tummy because that's where the Spirit of God moves through us. It's our inner man. It's our inner being. And right here is the core of who you are. All those of you who are praying with the Spirit of God, keep praying. I'm asking you to partner with all of us right now. So with your hands right here on your belly, if you've never done that before, listen to the wind of God around you. And now with your hands on your belly, start focusing on the wind of God in you, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Some of you are already hearing it. I love, I prayed with a young boy one time and I was praying for the wind of God to come through him and he looked at me and he said, Pastor, I hear somebody speaking in German, but I don't speak German. I said, that's so amazing. That's God. So go ahead and just speak out what he's saying. So those words, the sound, the scripture says that there is sometimes it comes in a murmuring and a groaning that you can't even put words to because the glory and the goodness of God is so big that sometimes we just can't even put words to it. It's the spirit of God. It's the wind of God through you. So now if you've never done that right now, I'm going to count to three. And as I count to three, you are going to begin that Holy Spirit, beautiful language. All of you who still have that, please keep praying. We need you right now to fill that auditorium with the wind of God. So begin to pray. And I'm going to count to three for those who have never had it before and you desire that. It's in every single one of you, by the way. So on the count of three, you are going to release that through your mouth. And it's going to come out. 
every time I pray for somebody to get the Holy Spirit and have prayer language, they do it. So absolutely, you're going to get it right now if you desire that. If it's something that you want to learn more about, you can, but the Holy Spirit is there and he's waiting. (laughs) And he's so sweet. So one, Holy Spirit, stir on the inside of every child of God in here, every child of God listening. Number two, Holy Spirit, come up and fill their chest like a warm oil. The beautiful, beautiful oil of the Holy Spirit. Fill their chest up right now, Father, from their gut coming up into their chest. And that beautiful prayer language is now going to come up and it's going to come through your throat. Three, now open your mouth because it's your will to speak it. God doesn't go against your will. So it's your will to open your mouth and let that language come out. And it comes out in such a beautiful way. It's words that you've never heard before. And it might sound strange to your ears, but our mind is submitted to the spirit of God in us right now. So we're just listening to the spirit. So go ahead and give that voice in you right now. And if you are receiving that for the first time, would you just stick your hand up? Stick your hand up in the air. Not Nobody's looking around. And why I'm asking that is so that there's one there. There's another. So that the people who are receiving, there's another. The people who are receiving, I'm going to ask our prayer partners to look around and see for those that are receiving for the first time. And all we're going to do is just look and partner our faith with your faith where you're sitting. So if you would stick your hand up real high. There's one there. Back there. Back there. Where else? Right there. Right there. Yeah, prayer partners, just begin to extend your hands towards them. There's right back there. Thank you, Jesus. What a beautiful, sweet moment of God. Thank you, Father. God, I thank you that today is the day that we have determined to run with the wind. We are running with the wind of God and there is a momentum, there's a sweetness, there is a power that has come into our life. And as we run with you, we run in the created intention of who you called us to be. We exceed all human limitation. We step past it, all of us right now, we step past human limitation and we step into the lifestyle, the invitation of created intention. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. After service, we are going to have members of our prayer team up here. And I invite you, if that is something that this morning you have more questions about, or if that is something that you were sitting there and you really want that, and you feel like you just need somebody to pull the cork out, come and see them. Or if it's flowing out and you're like, dude, I've never done that before. That was freaking amazing. Then come up here and talk to them. They would love to celebrate with you and just love on you. 